Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the POD cast. We are back. The Pride of Detroit podcast for all your Detroit Lions needs associated with prideofdetroit.com, your SB Nation blogs for all your Detroit Lions news, analysis, videos, whatever you want. We got it. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the managing editor of Pride of Detroit. I'm the interim coach of this POD cast. And this week we got a very special episode. We're going to be talking some NFC North. We're going to be talking some Minnesota Vikings. We've got a very special guest for that this week. But before we get into that, I need to introduce my co-host because he's back. He's back from uh, some interesting adventures. Let's just call him. He'll, he'll talk about it a little bit. But Ryan Matthews. Back is the mother. The rock God at Ryan underscore POD is back. Ryan, I, I can't see you here on Twitch, but I'm very, very happy to hear from you. How you doing, bud? You don't want to see me, but you do want to hear me. I'm back and I'm happy to be back. I can't believe that I'm here, to be honest, like not even just here on a podcast, but like on this earth. Yes. Um, if you don't know, <laughs> Ryan went through a bit of a life harrowing experience. Um, uh, it was a scary couple of weeks for him. Um, there was a reason why he wasn't on the podcast last week. I didn't want to go into it because I wanted to make sure everything was okay. Um, Ryan, do you, do you want to go into a little bit of detail about what happened here and, and, and why you are um, <laughs> thankful to be here today? Yeah, for sure. I can count my blessings real quick. Um, yeah. I will say that I did watch the last podcast live from my hospital bed. That (laughs) was, um, that was an interesting and unique experience, but, um, I was involved in an auto accident that, uh, left me looking like Alex Smith because I had compound fractures to both my tibia and fibula. Um, I actually, today was the first time that I heard a recorded statement from one of the witnesses who was on the scene. And, uh, he, he said that when he came up to my car, he could see my bones through my skin. And uh, he asked me, asked me how I was feeling. And I don't remember any of this, but apparently I told him my leg really hurts. <laughs> um, Yikes. And uh, I asked him if he could help me get out of the car. And he said, I'm going to wait until the ambulance gets here. So um, probably a smooth move on his part, but um, good Samaritan. Yeah, good Samaritan. Um, but the good news is, is uh, I had a group of awesome orthopedic surgeons who were able to uh, do a couple of surgeries that were able to save my legs so I can wiggle all my little piggies and I can podcast. So perfect. And hopefully I'll have you walk in, if not by the end of the year, sometime early next year. Um, yeah, my goal is that I want to be ice skating by December. Hell yeah. I like, that's an amazing goal. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we're like gonna, I said, we're going to try to make that happen. We're, we're very happy that you're here. I know the people here in chat are, are happy that you're here. I'm happy that you're here. And I'm sure our, our guest is here. Guest here is also happy that you're here. And I don't want to leave him hanging too long because as I mentioned, we are doing kind of a Vikings recap. We did a, a Packers recap a couple months ago. Then we got sidetracked by list cast. So now we're moving on to another NFC North team, the Vikings. And to help us with that, we got Arif Hassan over from The Athletic here with us. Arif, thank you for being so patient with that intro. How you doing, bud? Uh, any answer I give would seem like kind of pathetic in comparison. I'm doing fantastic, <laughs> relatively speaking. Wow. Uh, uh, I'm also glad to be, maybe not as glad as, as other people are to be here, but uh, given the recent return to perspective. But 
Uh, I'm, I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm happy to be on the, uh, happy to be on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks again for joining us. If, if you don't know, Reef has some great stuff over at the athletic. He's been on this show before he's been on our football fights podcast before. Um, very respected mind in, in Vikings country. And so we brought him on to talk about a, a, a very interesting off season from Minnesota. And let's, let's just start in free agency. Um, I have a list of key losses and key additions and the list of key losses about three times as long as the key additions. And maybe you see it differently, but it seems like the Vikings lost quite a bit of talent. We're talking Stefan Diggs was traded. Uh, Josh Klein, the, the right guard gone. Linval Joseph, Everson Griffin, Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes. Mc- I mean, basically their entire secondary is all gone. Uh, I guess my first reaction is why? Like w- what happened here? Why is everyone gone? And is it okay? <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I fully expect to to log on and argue that that Tajay Sharp is a better acquisition than Stephon Diggs is a loss in the Vikings net gain. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I, it's it's uh, different reasons for for every uh, every kind of uh, player, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Xavier Rhodes, enormous cap hit, wasn't playing all that well for the past year, uh, year and a half, honestly. Uh, and so there was no way that they could keep him on uh, at that salary. Trey Waynes uh, was playing really well, too well for the Vikings to be able to pay them because of cap constraints. Uh, so related but unrelated reasons uh, for them. Mackenzie Alexander, I think his relationship soured with the team. Uh, Andrew Sandeo is a backup safety. They don't really need him. Uh, Everson Griffin uh, kind of fell off in terms of um, in terms of production in the second half of the year. So you take a look at his like aggregate season long uh, statistics looks really good. Uh, you take a look at the the second half of the year; it doesn't look so great. Uh, and I, I just think they didn't agree on on what an appropriate number for for him and the team would look like. Stephon Diggs kind of I'm not going to say forced his way out, but kind of strongly encouraged <laughs> his way out. Sure, uh, yeah, and uh, and you know some some you know other things like Linval Joseph had fallen off a little bit, and so that was kind of a contract issue. I'm sure they would have liked to have him, but uh, the Chargers were willing to pay a little bit more. And then Josh Klein. I thought he played actually pretty well last year, but it's pretty clear that he's also like not a quote unquote system fit for what they do. So mm. a bunch of reasons, right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I'm sure all of them could be solved if, if everybody was kind of financially happy with what the Vikings could do, including the Vikings. But uh, you know, for the most part, it's, they're all, they're all completely different. The real problem is that uh, that key additions list looks pretty tiny. Yeah. And then let's go through them. So defensive tackle Micah Pierce was, was definitely the biggest signing there. But then you've got Anthony Zettel, which I think Lions fans probably know, and and the aforementioned Tajay Sharp. Um, yeah, I actually, okay. I'm super curious about what y'all's Anthony Zettel take is. I mean, I really liked him as a prospect. Obviously, he didn't pan out, but I was taking yeah. a look at, what was it, 2017 he started for the Lions? Uh, that, mm-hmm. that wasn't so bad. That was actually yeah. kind of nice. So, um, yeah. It, he's, he makes for kind of an interesting story. I mean, uh, it, the, the most significant thing about him was to basically he won himself a roster spot in back-to-back years in the fourth preseason game and then eventually, you know, got himself a, a starting job when when Anso was going through all of his injury stuff. Um, he, he, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't I was, know. I was thinking how, the 2017 stuff. Yeah. He looked all right. Like, it, it yeah. I mean, I, I, if, if I were a team, I wouldn't take a look at that and say, got to sign him to be a starter. But I also like, 
wouldn't be uncomfortable if he won a starting job in a healthy camp competition either. So, and I'm just uh, realizing now I'm mixing up Anthony Zettel with Kerry Hyder, and that I think that says everything oh, oh, no. again about Anthony oh, no. Zettel. So, whoops, uh, Ryan, you got some questions about their their the Vikings offseason? Um, well, I, I was going to jump ahead real quick to yeah. the the name that the Lions were able to acquire from the Vikings, Jaron Curse. Sure, and um, I mean. I know that that's a loss for the Vikings and a gain for the lions. And one of those interesting transactions in which happens in the NFC North, just thank God it's not Jimmy Graham. I think he wanted the, <laughs> the NFC North team that does not acquire Jimmy Graham. So we were able to rush and roulette our way out of that, but we have Jerron curse. How, how, I mean, what, what kind of losses is, is he a true loss for the Vikings? Like, do they have somebody to replace him because they also lost Sandejo? Like, are they just kind of overhauling their safe, their safety field or what? I, I I don't think any overhaul of the safety room is uh, voluntary. <laughs> I, I think it is a loss. Um, yeah. So uh, Jaron Chris is a player I really like. Um, he is probably you take if you've got a room of like you know five starters in in your secondary. Um, there's probably not many players that uh, as the sixth person in that room are better than Jaron Chris. So I wouldn't you know be crazy comfortable starting him, but uh, if he's your first backup in the secondary, and I say secondary because uh, he didn't just play safety for the Vikings last year. He played uh, Nick, nickel corner. Um, he's like 6'5". Uh, this yeah. is very difficult he's a to big like, dude. Yeah. describe this player. But yeah, he was a really effective nickel corner. Um, but yeah, and he's he's like not particularly quick, but he like knows how to make up for it because he's got like arms the size of the planet. So, uh, you know, he can just kind of get in the way of the ball and it just kind of works out. So he's a pretty effective nickel corner. Uh, and then also obviously safety. Um, you, you take a look at the size, you kind of assume strong safety. These tackling angles aren't always the best. And so you say, well, what about free safety? You can kind of break up some um, some some deep passes, but he doesn't necessarily have, you know, the, the speed. So really it's, it's just kind of one of those, you know, versatile, you can play him free, uh, play him free, play him, uh, play him strong, uh, and, uh, and kind of just let him kind of go where it kind of works out for him. Uh, and, and I think that he, he's, he's relatively effective. And I think the reason it didn't work out with the Vikings was because he felt, uh, and this is speculation, this is not reporting. So I want to make that clear, but my understanding is that he felt, um, a little put off by how the Vikings, uh, handled his, uh, DUI incident. Uh, and just in general, uh, how, how, uh, how, he felt his, his role was being handled because he is correct to assume that he'd actually been playing pretty well. And he felt he probably wasn't getting a, a ton of support, uh, from, from the coaching staff. So, uh, yeah, that, that's another, it's kind of like Mackenzie Alexander. It's another one where I'm sure the Vikings actually would have loved to keep him, but he didn't feel like the organization was the best fit for him. So, uh, I like him a lot. Uh, and I, and I think that, uh, as a special teamer, it's difficult to find, you know, uh, a player that can do that. And then also be kind of your sixth person in the secondary. Uh, so that is another loss for the Vikings. Um, honestly, I mean, I know the NFC North is the next segment, but like the way I want to characterize it is I don't know that any team in the NFC North got better, but the Vikings probably got the most worse, um, in the off season. Yeah, no, it's, it's a problem. Um, they, I mean, they lost a ton of players. The only player that they, they added that would be an upgrade over what they had last season is Michael Pierce, who is, uh, only, you know, probably an upgrade because he didn't play necessarily all that great last year at nose tackle. 
Um, you know, and he had to switch between three technique and nose tackle because the Ravens had these really two remarkable nose tackles. He was one of them. And the other one's Brandon Williams. Uh, and you know, having two nose tackles is like kind of not necessary. So they split one of three technique and, and that was him. And, and yeah, it didn't really work out all that great for him, but he's had some really phenomenal years as a nose tackle. Um, and so the Vikings kind of want to tap into that. Uh, but that's, that's probably an upgrade. And then you've got like, they added some other players. Um, who, if they didn't make the roster, I mean, no one I think would be shocked. Like if Anthony Zettel and Tajay Sharp get cut, you're like, well, okay, they took a shot. Like it's, it's not that big a deal. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, the Vikings lost a lot of players. Some of them are, are better names than they are players like Xavier Rhodes. Some of them are better players than they are names like Mackenzie Alexander, who I thought actually played in the nickel really, really well last year. Um, but I mean, the fact of the matter is they're starting a bunch of new players at a bunch of positions. So, the entire cornerback group, the uh, two uh, or half of the defensive line, uh, one receiver, and then um, probably two offensive linemen. They lost one, but I, I don't think they're particularly ecstatic about the prospect of starting Pat Elfline at guard either. So probably two new offensive linemen as well. So a ton of roster turnover. And the thing is, the Vikings don't typically have a ton of turnover on defense. Um, since they shed a bunch of players uh, in the 2014 transition to Mike Zimmer, they've kept nine or 10 starters every single year. And so this is really kind of new territory for them. Well, okay. That perfectly leads into my next question because, you know, a couple of months ago we had Matub on here talking about the Packers. He was really down on the Packers draft. Um, sounds like you're not exactly thrilled with, with the Vikings um, free agency period. At least we'll get into the draft in a little bit, but here, but all off season I've had Lions fans just like telling me, telling everyone, telling anyone who, who will listen to them, that the Vikings dynasty is over and, and dynasty is used very dynasty. loosely here. Their defensive dynasty a, is over from a lion's perspective. It would be a dynasty. Right? Yes, exactly. I'm going to let it slide. <laughs> uh, no, you're not wrong. wrong. It just hurts. <laughs> this is what but you Lions, get for, for knocking me down on that debate episode. So many times, <laughs> but Lions fans are saying there's all this defensive turnover the the defense, which has been the identity of this team since Zimmer came in and probably even before then, is is crumbled. You, I mean, you said it yourself that they haven't had this much defensive turnover. So now you have the ear of thousands of Lions fans. Please tell them they're all exactly right. They're this probably the, right. I, oh, I don't okay. like I don't I don't like predicting the future with certainty. Um the thing yeah. is, um, so I'll say this about the Vikings, and we're gonna get to the draft class in a second. They they have the highest probability of getting worse based off of their performance last year and the players that they've lost versus the players that they've gained. But there's so much room for uncertainty because it's like a huge draft class that there's also a a distinct possibility that they could get better and they've got more room to get better. I think just because of all of the uncertainty they've added, because uncertainty goes both ways, right? Because uh, it's, it's likely because most of these guys are rookies that they're just not going to be as good as the players that they replaced. So that's, that's the most probable outcome. Um, but there certainly is a lot of room for that to not be the case, especially because losing Xavier Rhodes is not that big a deal. Uh, Trey Waynes was probably overpaid. It'd be nice to have him, but, uh, you know, Holton Hill, if you take a look at his numbers based off of the total number of snaps that he played, and he's probably going to start, um, he actually outperformed Trey Waynes on an actually fairly good sample size over the past couple of years, uh, like in yards per snap uh, allowed and stuff like that. Uh, And so you can argue your way into saying, Hey, you know, Jeff Gladney, he's pro ready right away. Hey, Justin Jefferson, he's pro ready right away. He came out of pro style system, et cetera. You can argue your way into saying they're better, um, but you have to make the argument, which is why it's always uh, not that compelling. Um, they probably 
got worse, but it would not astound me. It would probably surprise me a little bit, but it wouldn't astound me if they got better because there's just so much uncertainty with a, a large swath of the team and uncertainty typically points in a negative direction if you, if you played well, which the Vikings did um, for the most part, uh, and, and it points in a positive direction if you played poorly, but there's still that room in the other direction when you've got all these unknowns to work with. So I'll say that Lions fans are probably right, um, or the Lions fans that are making this claim are probably right. The Vikings were fifth or sixth last year in points allowed, which was a better ranking than I had realized just because, you know, I, the 2017, they were the number one defense. So taking a look at the 2019 defense, you're like, wow, this is not that great. But they were sixth in points allowed. Uh, and I, the evidence suggests that the defensive performance tracks best with defensive coordinator, which in this case would be just Mike Zimmer. Uh, and so, you know, that's the same. So there's probably going to be some level of, of quality there that's, that they're not going to dip below. Uh, and so they could be a top half defense. But uh, I would be shocked if they were a top five defense again. And they were a, basically a top five defense for three years running. Uh, I don't think they're that. I'm hold, to, hold your feet to the fire a little bit. Top 10 this year? That's the, that's the tough part. Um, if they are top 10, <laughs> my estimation would be like 10th or 9th, right? right. Um, but uh, but it's, it, the, the evidence for when defenses are stable, it being the product of, of, the, of the mind behind the defense, is so strong. I mean, like, take a look at the Bears defense, right? They lost their defensive coordinator, replaced him with a fairly good one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just not the same. Right. Uh, and, and the defense fell off in a big way, despite the enormous amount of talent that the, that the Bears have. And this happens again and again and again. I think the only other exception is like Seattle, where they, they switched defensive coordinators constantly. Um, and, and the defense was pretty good for a while. But most of the time when defensive coordinators leave, that's it kind of regardless of the talent. And, and this time the Vikings have it. So I'll say there's a really good likelihood that they're, that they're in the top half. Uh, and I would say because of that, there's a pretty good likelihood that they're, they're top 10. But I, I would estimate like 9, 10 or 11, and I'll just be a little bit wrong or something like that. And, and if and, I'm if I'm using your logic correctly, the Lions have a new defensive coordinator this year, so that means they're going to have a good defense. I agree. Cool, uh, Ryan. You want to say something? <laughs> I mean, they'll get better. Uh, I'll say that. <laughs> Hold on. I was going to take a pot shot at ourselves too. I was going to say, and the only <laughs> other exception to that rule is the New England Patriots. When they give up their defensive coordinator, they have a great defense, and he goes on to Detroit and oh. just sad trumpet noises. <laughs> That's the, that's the only thing uh, preventing me from calling my shot on the Lions this year, by the way. It's the Matt Patricia effect. Mm. Yeah. I'm sorry. Ouch. No, I mean, you're not <laughs> the only one to deal that way. Let's keep talking I'm about sorry. the Vikings. <laughs> yes. Firm but fair. Firm but we, fair. We've got 51 other weeks to be sad about the Lions, all right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan, you want to jump into the draft a little bit? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Arif, <laughs> I want to do something kind of... Uh, maybe not so fair to you. I was talking, I was, I was talking to Jeremy about this before you, before you signed on to our call, but I was wondering, can you name all 15 players from the Vikings draft class? I'm, I'm looking at the pic. I'm not going to cheat. I'm looking at the picture. You're cheating. <laughs> I didn't know oh, this right. I put quiz. it in her outline. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and guess the players I would have forgotten. How does that sound? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, my guess is I would have likely forgotten Harrison Hand, Josh Metellus, Metellus? I don't know. He's from your Metellus, neck yep. of the woods. Yeah, you guys have um, a couple Michigan guys, Michigan uh, and Michigan State. Yeah, that's true. Um, 
more excited about uh, Kenny Willekes, honestly. Uh, and I probably would have forgotten Kyle Hinton. Decent chance I would have forgotten Brian Cole too. But that's uh, <laughs> that's about it. That's uh, so I would have I, I estimate that I get eleven out of fifteen. <laughs> okay, I like that. Uh, another maybe unfair question, and if if you feel like this threatens your job, don't answer it. What's it like to cover an NFL draft with 15 picks? How much does it suck? I am shocked at how much it sucks. I like, <laughs> like going in, I would like, if someone was like, they're going to draft 15 players uh, and they're all going to be in like day three. So you're just <laughs> not a chance. You're going to, uh, <laughs> and, and I would have been like, wow, that sounds really rough. That's that sucks. Wow. I have to write about all of them. Yeah, you do. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm not prepared for that. And it turns out, I'm not even prepared to be not prepared for that. It's just, it's <laughs> mind boggling. Um, I don't know the stories of a lot of these players. I've become familiar with their game uh, for the most part. Um, so uh, that's nice, but it took a long time. And my post-draft coverage was remarkably weak this year. Um, I'll say that. So uh, yeah, that's, um, <laughs> I don't even remember if I put out like a, um, so every year I do the consensus board, there was right. so much stuff going on with the Vikings draft that i don't remember if i even put out the consensus board grades or draft piece which is like one of my biggest hits every year i probably should have done that i don't remember if you did or not but i remember the consensus board um (laughs) so that's how the draft went for me who knows what happened (laughs) i'm sure those three days are now just like way back in your memory probably don't you blacked out at some point during day three in which they made 11 picks 11 of their 15 <laughs> which is insane but from let, let's talk about this from a 2020 standpoint lions fans want to know who do they have to worry about this year out of those 15 people um well the first three uh <laughs> sure it's, uh first round pick first round pick second round pick uh so justin jefferson uh lsu receiver i'm sure lions fans um, or at least kind of peripherally aware. I mean, he was on the national championship team uh, and, and led the team in receptions, although the other guy was the Blitnikoff guy. So um, he benefited from from having, you know, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase there and Joe Brady as an offensive coordinator there. But, uh, you know, first round talent. Um, I thought that the Vikings were kind of lucky uh, for him to get there. I thought Philadelphia would grab him. Um, turns out Philadelphia wants a track team, so that wasn't going to happen. But yeah, uh, um, and will apparently go to great lengths to keep that track team intact. Uh, but uh, like uh, there's no further comment there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, he he was primarily a slot guy last year, but the the year before he played on the outside. So we'll see kind of what he can do. Um, but there's nothing but opportunity for him, which is to say that nobody really has a reasonable shot of grabbing the second receiver job besides him. So he's probably going to default in. But the other one is Jeff Gladney, who uh, may not play right away. I mean, Zimmer Corners uh, just have this long history going all the way back to his early days in Cincinnati. Uh, And I think even Atlanta. I think you have to go back to Dallas to find a rookie corner who, like, started consistently. Um, And uh, and so it's not something we see. I mean, like Trey Waynes and and Drake Kirkpatrick and Darquez Denard and uh, Mike Hughes, you know, they don't, they don't start, but Gladney uh, is, is in a position where he's probably going to start, but the Vikings do have options there. Um, So he is uh, kind of a shorter corner and people kind of pigeonhole that to be the nickel. Um, So their first round pick from two years ago, Mike Hughes is the other guy that could potentially be a nickel guy. But uh, those two are likely the starters, if not Holton Hill, um, who's an undrafted free agent out of Texas a couple of years ago, Uh, probably second, third round talent, but likes weed too much. And so he fell out of the draft. (laughs) Um, 
and then got suspended for like eight games um, in the NFL afterwards. Um, but he's a good player. Uh, and, and as far as I know at the moment, he's not suspended, so he'll play. Um, and so there's an opportunity that he starts in Gladden, he just plays kind of a rotational role. Then Ezra Cleveland, the Vikings have no choice to, but to play him. The real question is where, um, they didn't resign Josh Klein, as we noted, uh, and Pat Elfline is probably not going to be a great, uh, option to start at guard. So they're probably going to promote a guard internally. I'm guessing Drew Samia from Oklahoma. Uh, and you know, he's a, I think they drafted him last year. Uh, and they'll either move Riley Reef inside to play guard, which I think is probably the best um, option, or play Ezra Cleveland a guard, and then the other one goes to tackle. Ezra Cleveland is a super athletic tackle, um, more athletic than even Brian O'Neill, the other the other tackle that they have, uh, and um, you know, not not quite as athletic as say like a Lane Johnson, but like you can talk about him in those uh, in, in, in that kind of category or stratosphere. Like Tristan Wirfs was more athletic than him, and that's about it. Uh, and so, yeah, super athlete, kind of raw, but, but pretty good production numbers, and, and I'm, I'm guessing he's going to play a tackle. And those are the guys that I expect to play, and then, like, the odds are just someone else is going to get a bunch of playing time. I mean, just, like, look at the number of people in this draft class. Uh, they've got open competition for slots at defensive end, so DJ Wanham or James Lynch, uh, Sorry, there's yeah, James Lynch. I thought there was a undrafted free agent from Baylor as well named Blake Lynch. So I had to make sure I got that right. Um, but <laughs> That's a half, half, half point or off your your fifteen. No, no, I I got it. It was James Lynch. I was right the first time. <laughs> but uh, DJ Wanham, South Carolina, James Lynch, Baylor, both of them play defensive line, and then obviously you've got Kenny Willickis from Michigan State. James Lynch is probably going to play defensive tackle uh, in the NFL, and so they've got an open competition there. So opportunity for him opportunity for Willikis or Wanham to compete with Fadio Denebo to play uh, as the starting uh, defensive end opportunity for Cam and Dantzler to take one of those three cornerback jobs uh, that's open. Uh, and, and those are your, your best options, but I mean, any, anything could happen when you've got 15 players in the draft class. So I'm guessing someone will emerge and just happen to play a lot, but the first three are the ones that you can bet on. And, and then the field is just like, whatever. All right. <laughs> Uh, did you have a question there, Ryan? Well, yeah, I was gonna just because I'm a betting man and I like setting the over and unders. Uh, Arif, over or under 12 of these players making the roster. How many? How many players are the NFL gonna let make a roster (laughs) this year? There's so much. Like, are we gonna have practice squads of 20? I don't know what's gonna happen. Uh, Let's 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 just pretend like it's a normal season. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, Let's live in our roster. Practice squads of 10. Let's not count practice squad as making the roster. Uh, Out of the 50, God, the Vikings lost a lot of players, so there's a lot of room. (laughs) They didn't bring in a ton of guys, so. That's what I mean. Like, is it, is it, are they going to keep these guys just by necessity because there were so many players that went out and there weren't so many players that came in? I, yeah, honestly, like, I I think that that's, that's going to be the case. And for the most part, I really like the draft class. I mean, some of these picks I didn't love for their value, like Cameron Dancer, DJ Wanham, you know, and they're like round three, four, right? So it's not that big a deal if you don't like their value. But for the most part, I I like. Yeah, but you know, for the most part, I, I really like these picks. Some of these players, I think, have have um, a, a ton of production, and, and personally, I valued them higher than where they went. So, um, you know, if I was going to take a look at the estimation of the class, I'd say, hey, you know, there's a really good chance that that a bunch of these guys make it. the The benefit here is that I'm pretty we're pretty guaranteed that a bunch of them just can't make it because they're at the same position, right? Because you've got a couple of safeties, a couple of corners, uh, and so on. So. Um, I'm going to guess that. So what the Vikings lost eight, gained three, and then 
you know, they're probably going to cut some people that, that made the roster last year as well, because, you know, you have to, um, you do. Yeah. Yeah. So I 10, man, that's high. Wow. 10 players from a draft class. That's a, I mean, that's a high guess too, even out of 15, but yeah, I like 10. You like 10. Okay. That's right. a lot of players to keep yeah. from a draft class. Oh, that is. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I mean, they lost eight guys. Well, nine guys, if you count Jaron Cruz, so I, which isn't even on the, on yeah. the list there. So yeah, True. they lost a lot of guys. All right. Uh, with that, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get Arif's thoughts on the NFC North, including the Lions offseason. It'll be interesting to see what an outsider believes the Lions have done uh, this year because there's been a lot of differing opinions I've noticed outside the city of Detroit. So when we come back, we'll get that and much, much more coming up on the POD cast. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we are back with the POD cast with Arif Hassan from The Athletic Minnesota talking about the Vikings, talking about the NFC North here in their second segment. And before we get into the full NFC North and maybe how you think things may play out, let's talk about the Lions offseason because we've spent, you know, four months dissecting every inch of it. Um, but I'd love to hear what an outsider view of the Lions offseason, because you kind of teased at the top. You said you didn't really think anyone in the NFC North made significant moves. And I assume that that boils over to the Lions as well. Um, so, so let me know uh, what, what your overall thoughts are. Maybe some good moves that you thought they made, some some sketchy moves they made or anything like that. Uh, yeah, well, so I already mentioned that I like J. Ron Curse. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know, is, uh, is Big V slated to start at right tackle? He is. Uh, he, he will almost gone. certainly oh. be the right tackle. Yep. Okay. Well, then that's a bad move. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whoops. I was like, I really like him as a backup. That's a, he's a really high quality backup. But never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, okay. So I mean, I like Chase Daniel. Uh, I guess. I mean, mostly just because he eviscerated the Vikings by like popping off for five yards pass. Um, but <laughs> um, but you know, he's like, it's good to have uh, a guy like that in a locker room when like your other option is like Jeff Driscoll or whoever, right? Right. Um, 
so uh, or whoever the Purdue gunslinger was, I actually kind of like David him. Blau, baby. Yeah, I kind of liked him. Uh, but uh, Collins, I, I can like Danny Shelton, uh, kind of overrated. Uh, obviously, you know, former Patriot, right? Collins, former Patriot, Ron Harmon, former Patriot. Um, Destrufant doesn't really likely have anything left in the tank. So I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just kind of like a flat off season. And then you compare it to kind of what they lost. Darius Slay, uh, Snacks. Uh, I, I don't know. Is Ricky Wagner a loss? I always felt like he just never did the thing he was supposed to do. I mean, it's a loss. Uh, according to you, it sounds like it's a loss if the guy you're filling him with is Halapu. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, relatively <laughs> speaking, that's a loss. Um, and then, uh, I don't know. How, how, how are we feeling about Sam Martin? I'm 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 refusing to talk extensively about punters on this podcast. I'm sorry. Okay, well, cool. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I, I, the best case for the Lions getting better is the fact that uh, presumably Matthew Stafford's healthy, and obviously he had a really wonderful season last year. So uh, the addition is like in theory eight more games of Stafford, right? And right. that turns the Lions offseason from like a what a C minus a D, I don't know to like a C plus a B minus. I don't know. It's, it's tough, right? Because you can't, the Lions didn't make a move, right? Stafford just got healthier. Right. So yeah. uh, in terms of the way the Lions manage resources, uh, not wonderful unless, um, I, I guess I don't know how big the Jamie Collins deal is. If it's big, then yeah, maybe not great, but um, yeah, I, I, I can see the logic behind some of these moves. So to me, the Lions probably did the least to get worse. How's that sound? Uh, it got best. more worse than the Lions did. <laughs> it, it sounds it sounds about right. Like Arif, how I've been characterizing it, like all off season long, it's just been the Lions got different. Because I mean, <laughs> let's get strange. <laughs> like, like they got different, but it was still the same tune, right? Like they're still filling all their chairs with Patriots players, but they're like filling these player. They're they're filling these holes with players who maybe we're playing a little bit less than what we had expected of them. Like Slay's play dropped off a little bit. Snacks Harrison's play dropped off of a cliff. Um, and then you, we just talked about Rick, you know, Ricky Wagner and you replaced them with Vitae, uh, Danny Shelton and Desmond Trufant respectively. And it's like, I, they got different. Like they didn't get better. They just like replaced those players with players because they needed to, because they didn't have 15 draft picks. <laughs> Well, so that's right. so that's kind of why it feels flat, right? Because and yeah. I, and I think yeah. that they those players are all downgrades, even acknowledging that Slay and, and Snacks got worse, and then Wagner never lived up to his contract. Like even acknowledging all of that, uh, I think those players are still probably drop offs. And then you 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 probably better having Jamie Collins than like. Well, I I I'm not a Jelani Tavai guy, but Gerard Davis, <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's good. Um, it does mean Trufant's played really well in the past, so uh, it's it's there. But I don't know that he's ever going to grab it. And then Jaron Harmon has flashed. Man, this is really depressing sounding. I like the Jaron Curse signing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet, awesome. Well, then let's talk about the draft. Then maybe you feel a little bit better about the Lions draft. Obviously, Jeff Okuda um, coming in going to be the next slay, ideally for the Lions. Uh, you talk about. Um, drafting a running back really high. I don't know if you're a part of the <laughs> analytics crowd that hates that like myself. Maybe you aren't and you can convince me that that 
DeAndre Swift was a great pick. And then uh, Julian O'Quarr, I think, is the other big one that, that Lions fans are very optimistic about. Um, do, you, do you have any any major thoughts about those three picks? Uh, I, I don't have like strong Julian Aquara takes. I mean, every time I saw him, I thought he was really good. So I, I didn't really understand kind of why he was rated where he was. I, I thought, and but I didn't do a deep dive, right? So I'm not going to have any strong takes on him. Um, but uh, obviously, Akuda, fantastic prospect. Really like that pick. I, I don't know that the Lions like screwed up any picks from a talent evaluation perspective. I think that we're probably right about this question um, regarding like running backs, but mm-hmm. um, and, and I, I, so I'm, I'm like really into the, the way that the production metrics indicate that we should value running backs and stuff. I do think they should be valued maybe a little bit higher than, than, than what the nerds say, but like the second <laughs> round pick is still too high. Right. So like, and, 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 and the nerds say basically like, don't pay them, just sign them in free. I'm like, I would pay Dalvin cook $6 million. And for the, on a nerd scale, that's pretty high. But in yeah. an NFL scale, that's really low. Right. <laughs> so that's kind of where I am. So the Deandre Swift signing or draft, it, not great, but, um, yeah. Uh, Jonah Jackson was somebody that I didn't really, um, evaluate a ton because he just wasn't going to be a system fit for the Vikings. So I just, I just kind of glossed over him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I, I didn't think that he was necessarily all that great. Um, Logan Stenberg, his thing is that he's like kind of a dick, um, (laughs) which is kind of fun, but, uh, he wasn't all that great at the senior bowl. Uh, and if it's worth talking about late round guys, I really like, uh, Quintus Cephas a lot. Hmm. Um, whoa. I, well, I mean, I, I mean, he's a, he's a fifth round pick, right? So it like, yeah. it, it, it just might never sure. matter, but you know, mm-hmm. I, I liked him a lot. Uh, he's he, like workout numbers are like abysmal. Right. But, yeah. um, but yeah. God, he looked good. He looked really yeah. good. Yeah. And I mean, the most interesting, yeah, I think he's the guy that Lions fans are most intrigued about that late round class is just, I mean, to have Jeff Okuda go out and say, you know, back at the combine. So this wasn't him, you know, just, talking up a teammate uh he said he was the best wide receiver he ever went against in college that's crazy oh, yeah, pair them together and oh that's pretty cool uh, yeah and so yeah, yeah okay well yeah so, yeah i mean he's, he's just like really good i again am like a pretty strong believer in kind of the direction the data takes us mm-hmm. uh and so uh you know his athletic testing is is a big red flag uh, sure. but for a fifth round pick i don't really care um that much uh and i mean what was it, like a 37 38 inch vertical or something like that um yeah. pretty good uh it, you know if you've got a trump card trait i'm gonna be a little bit more uh understanding of like a pick like that and and he does and i, I don't know he just played really well so that's the pick i like the most outside of like the obvious akuda pick um yeah i guess you know take a look at a 67th pick i i, I don't know Akora is, is a guy that i liked based off of what I saw, but it was just not somebody I, I dug into too much. Uh, and so I would have expected him to go into like the late forties, early fifties. Um, so I guess I would call that a steal, but it's just not something I'm going to like kind of nail my takes to. Um, yeah. Big mistake drafting a running back, big uh, benefit drafting a cornerback that high that that's, that's that young and uh, was that remarkably productive and has all that athletic profile. I mean, Okuda basically has like no red flags uh, and uh you know, rookie corners are rookie corners, so I don't know that they'll necessarily get better because of him next year. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a really high end prospect, and I, I have a lot of faith that he'll do really well. Um, the the chat is is holding again your feet to the fire here, and and they want to know uh, what round did the Vikings draft Alvin Cook? 
a second. Okay, no, no further questions, Your Honor. <laughs> well, I, I, they were wrong too. I like. I didn't, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not the Vikings. I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> they're going to pay him like you know thirteen million dollars. It's going to be the wrong move. <laughs> right, right. Um, Arif, question for you: Will the winner of the NFC North have a winning record, or is this division just absolute trash? <laughs> uh well uh and now that aaron Rodgers has fallen off right um unless you ask nfl executive never mind um but uh, <laughs> we're, we're apparently madding madden rating adjusters holy moly what are we doing putting him that I'm, high folks? i'm, I'm good fr- i'm good friends with those guys and i'm going to say nothing about that but <laughs> i have had disagreements <laughs> Carson Wentz is rated higher than Matthew Stafford. We're all we're all aflame on Twitter over this. Well, I mean, you just you, you have to understand Matthew Stafford's injury from. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, it's been nice all having right. you, Arif. Uh... <laughs> okay, no, no. I mean, I'm I'm the biggest Carson Wentz hater out there. The fact that he has the same rating as Dak Prescott's a crime. And uh, one of those guys, the man rating suggestors, one of those guys is a is a is a Dallas fan. I thought he would have. Mm. More appropriately rated Dak Prescott. Anyway, uh, yeah, will the NFC North have a winning record? Uh, I don't know. The the Vikings seem like a nine win team, maybe eight and a half. The Lions seem like a nine win team. I'm like one of the. I I like the Lions to. I like the Lions as odds to win the division. I don't think they're the most likely to win the division, but from the betting odds perspective, I think they're the best bet. Um, the Bears are awful. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Might have gotten worse. <laughs> Uh, um, and, uh, and, and, and the Packers, uh, if you take a look at the Packers roster individually, really outstanding. Uh, I really like the defensive players that they have, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, if you can't make Jerry Alexander and, 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 uh, Darnell Savage, like consistently help your defense to, uh, you know, really great heights with the defensive line like that. I, like, I don't know how you design a bad defense, but they consistently do it regardless of the defensive coordinator. So I don't know what to do about the, the Packers. That's the biggest wild card to me. And so that's going to be the biggest determinant about whether or not the NFC North overall has a winning record. I'm going to say yes, just because it just seems more likely than not that they will, but the, it's going to be tough carrying the, the, the bears as, as, as the anchor of that. All right, I'm going to go off the uh, our, our podcast outline a little bit here, and I'm going to ask you what was your favorite move from any team in the NFC North this offseason? Fra- favorite can mean anything. It can mean most entertaining. Oh, uh, within Nick Foles, done. Nick, <laughs> 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 please explain because I just I love talking about this Bears' offseason, and I can't wait until we get a Bears guy on this podcast. Let's <laughs> just. I, I like it's it's the most mind-boggling <laughs> it doesn't make any sense okay it makes sense from a very particular perspective but it's just that like obviously the nick Foles signing for jacksonville was just catastrophically bad mm-hmm. from day one right or from day negative two like everyone saw it was coming and they were like please jacksonville don't do it you don't have to do this they did it and then like some fifth round pick with a mustache outplayed them right uh, <laughs> and so uh <laughs> And like he's exciting but he's like not that good right um and and it's just like well who could have seen this coming well anybody who's like watched his career right and i'm speaking as somebody who saw nick Foles like eviscerate the number one ranked vikings defense in 2017 just demolish them right and yeah. i'm just like well okay that was pretty good uh and that super bowl performance was not bad but like on balance are you gonna get that again no like 
you win a Super Bowl, that doesn't mean you're going to continue to be good. You regress to your career. Take a look at Joe Flacco, right? So Nick Foles, bad signing, turns out to be a bad signing. They trade him. And uh, and the Bears, like, they got a quarterback that, like, his accomplishments and contract is big enough that if he, quote-unquote, wins the competition, you can justify it, right? You can say, look at his resume. He's a Super Bowl MVP or whatever. They've got a statue of him in Philadelphia, which, I don't know, the way statues are going, I don't know how long that's going to go. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great year for statues. <laughs> great year for statues. But, I, okay, in his defense, Philadelphia finally has, like, a statue of an actual athlete. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's Rocky Balboa. It's not a real person. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, but you know it's uh like you can kind of justify it but he's just like clearly not good enough that he's going to meaningfully push mitch trubisky if trubisky at all shows any improvement so like the bears have maneuvered themselves into like this like i don't know can i swear on this twitch stream please do they've maneuvered themselves into like this clusterfuck it's not even that big of a, a square but this is this awful like fucking 5d self chess right like where they where every move they make is a bad one only guaranteed to make them worse and nick Foles is like the encapsulation of that the fact that they like in addition got jimmy graham is just like it's beautiful right along with like eight other tight ends like i, yeah. I don't know the bears offseason is just like a, a nice reminder that it could always get worse right <laughs> <laughs> that you can always screw it up even more. And like, I, I don't they're not even that, like they're not pot committed to Trubisky. They don't have to do this. Nagy wasn't the guy who drafted him. They drafted him a year before Nagy. You don't have to own it, but you did. This is where you are. Good luck. And, and, and I think that, I think the best part of it too, though, is it happens the same off season where Patrick Mahomes just gets the biggest contract in sports history. <laughs> right? He got half Wait. a billion dollars <laughs> at the end of the contract. And they, he's going to be a minority owner of a team. <laughs> and, and, the, and the Bears traded up to draft Mitchell Trubisky because he had the white trait. <laughs> But well, yeah. I'm always reminded of, and I think the Bears do actually have a story like this, but the, the story I remember and can verify is when the Jaguars drafted Blake Bortles, um, uh, was Gus Bradley was in charge at the time, right? Uh, they, they're telling the story of, I think it was at the Combine or, or maybe maybe some other kind of group event, uh, and, and Blake Bortles walks into the room and he owns the room with his charisma, and that's when the Jaguars knew. And I was just like... Okay, so you just like like the guy that's six five and has a nice smile, like that was your cue, and I just feel like that's clearly what happened with Mitch Trubisky. Like he just like walked into the room and he just felt like a quarterback, and the Bears were like, "Got it," and then they all got fired, and then the next staff for some reason were like, "Yeah, that was a good evaluation. Uh, we'll stick with that." Well, uh, <laughs> I, I want to be fair to the Bears at least a little bit here because yes, Nick Foles isn't. A, a huge upgrade over Mitch Trubisky or maybe not even one at all, but was there any other like big name quarterbacks out there available this off season? Damn oh me. yeah. There was Ross Paul. Yeah, <laughs> oh, never mind. Whoops. Uh, Philip rivers. Uh, whoops. Tom Brady. Oh, they oh, probably couldn't have made a run at Tom Brady, but yeah, there, it was, it was a, a remarkable off season. For quarterbacks. Just, yeah, and, and the incredible. bears were like, not only are we going to not sign any of these free agents, any of them, one of whom was on the market for like months. Uh, and like Tyrod Taylor would have made sense, honestly, right? But they're yeah. not going to sign any of these guys, Teddy Bridgewater, right? Which would have been so funny because if he had played well, it would have just been like a dagger to the heart of all these Vikings fans, right? It would have been great. Um, no, n- none of these quarterbacks, 
right? Uh, they were like, let's give up draft capital to grab a guy whose contract was already bad. We can't even already negotiate the terms of his contract, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, ah, God, I can't believe it. So, well, I, I mean, you like, can't find like a Trubisky or a Rivers or a whatever, right? Because the whole point of fools is that you can't make an argument to, to have to play him. You can just make an argument, justify having played him. If that makes sense. Yeah, I got you. Total sense. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're running towards the end of the segment too. Um, before I, I let you plug your stuff for I have to ask the internet was ablaze about two weeks ago and having you on. I, I have to ask Uh-oh. Stafford or cousins. Like what? Uh, I'll take Stafford in a grilling contest, a, a beer chugging contest, uh, <laughs> a relatable human contest. <laughs> um, okay, now I got to figure out what I'll take Cousins in. Um, oh, uh, Cousins has this remarkable ability um, to manage everything, and I don't mean that in a football backhanded insult kind of sense. <laughs> Yeah. But like he's got like an insane amount of financial sense. He's got an insane amount of organizational capability. I'll take him to like Marie Kondo, my home. Um, <laughs> and I'll take him for like the first half of a football game. I think the second half I'm probably taking Stafford, though. Oh, that's a, wow. a very uh, crowd pleasing answer, I think. Yeah. All crowd. Well, not just <laughs> you know, I, I know my crowd. <laughs> all right arif thank you oh, for joining I'll us take, uh, i'll also take cousins in a durability contest boom i was gonna plug <laughs> his twitter but now i'm not sure about it uh all right it's arif hassan nfl on twitter you can see him all of his content over at the athletic of minnesota is there anything i'm missing arif that you want to plug uh yeah i mean um uh, i've got my own podcast which is like not in the sb nation network but it's like loosely affiliated with sb nation it's norse code uh and uh, if you want to hear like my super radical dumb political opinions you can also listen to wide left podcast that's at wide left podcast there you go it's got a sports name it's got a you might think it's a bears podcast but it's not uh, the vikings have their own history of kickers going wide left so that's true too (laughs) good point uh, Arif, thanks again for joining us. It was a riot. We're going to have you back again soon, hopefully, to talk about some actual football, but uh, maybe not. Maybe we'll just talk about something else. We don't know. Yeah, sure. Why not? That was fun. All right, bud. Thank you, Arif. Thanks for uh, joining us. And when we come back, it's mailbag time. We're going to talk a lot about Lions, a lot about the future of the NFL, and a little bit about a new show on Netflix that I'm very excited about. So stick around. We'll be right back on the POD cast. Hashtag SPOD. Anytime y'all have any questions, fill up that mailbag. We'll empty it every Monday night. And, and yeah, just to be clear, during the offseason, we're probably mostly going to do Monday night broadcasts on our Twitch page, twitch.tv slash Pride Detroit. You can watch us live. You can see our pretty faces most of the time. Um, 
And then obviously we'll have a, a Tuesday morning release where you can see it on prideofdetroit.com in the morning or on your regular podcast places to listen where you're listening right now. And I accidentally just closed out everything. Anyways, it's mailbag time. Let's get to your <laughs> questions. Uh, we're going to start first with Todd Henry Jr. on Twitter. He asked a couple questions. Um, at what point will Jeff Okuda and Amani Oruari become the starters this year? Got a feeling Amani Oruari is going to take a big step in his development this season, if there is one. And then he also asked, also wondering if you guys ever talk about Lions Madden ratings. Uh, let me get to that second one first. Probably not, although Ryan is kind of our in-house Madden expert or the guy who plays Madden, the one one of a couple guys that, that plays Madden. Um, we, we don't have many man ratings yet. We, we might touch on it a little bit next week when I imagine most of them are up by then, but is there anything you're actually interested about the man ratings this year? Um, well, just Madden as a football game is, is really bad and they're not doing anything to make it any better. And that's a huge bummer. Um, the coolest thing they, they did this year is they put Lamar Jackson on the cover. Um, but besides that, I think the Lions are just a really boring team to play with. Fair. I mean, Kent, Kent, Kent has talked about how, you know, the Lions are a team that, uh, as far as his RAS or his RAS statistics go, like, they they aren't a team that really values athleticism in the same way that you would value athleticism when you're playing Madden. So they're kind of like a slower team. And to add to that, they don't really have a lot of superstars. I think the only guy who might end up sinking his way into these top 10 ratings, and it's a long shot of that, would be Trey Flowers. Like, I think maybe he might, maybe he might sneak his way into the top 10 edge. But other maybe. than that, I don't... I don't Galladay. Galladay's got a shot. Right, he's got a puncher's chance. I think he just made a Pro Bowl. He just led the league in touchdowns, and we know everyone's obsessed with fantasy stats. So I think there's a chance. He did lead the league in touchdowns, so maybe maybe that gets him. That gets him. That sneaks him into like ten. But yeah. All yeah. right, let's let's get to his other question um, about Amani Orarie okay. potentially being a starter aside Jeff Okuda. Um, that's not going to happen this year, right? Like I know Arif was talking down. Uh, <clears throat> Desmond Trufant a bit, but that seems drastic, does it not? To to not to, I don't know. I feel like everyone's at least this is the second week in a row we've answered a question about Amani Orwari, and it, it's become clear to me that Lions fans expect a lot out of a fifth round pick. I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it happening this year. I do think long term those could be their two outside starting corners, but this team signed Trufant to a significant deal for two years. I think he's he's going to be around as long as he's healthy, right? Yeah. Well, I, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think the only way that you have a starting defensive backfield with Desmond or with Amani Awarie and Jeff Okuda is if injuries happen. Right. I, I don't really for I don't really foresee Amani Awarie outplaying Desmond Trufant. I, I don't see that happening this year, at least for sure. Right. Fair enough. All right, let's move on uh, from our buddy Brett Kuzno. He asked if the Lions had a chance had to change their name. I don't know if PETA gets rid of all animal mascots or something. What do you what would you want the Lions to be named? But no, you can't. They can't be an animal name. They can't be an animal name. I think you have to go with like something local, right? Like something that defines like the. I mean, it doesn't sound good. Like the Detroit Motowns, like. 
something along those lines. Although Mot- Motown just doesn't work because I don't think you can pluralize Motown. Yeah, um, I don't think, think you can. Don't take Don't take Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, Coney Pizzas. Oh God, that abomination. Um, I don't know. Do you do you play into like the Motor City some way? Like, do you? I don't know. Like you have the Red Wings, um, the Detroit Cylinders, the Detroit Engines, <laughs> the Detroit Carburetors. Just, just go f- fully. I mean, the Ford's on the team. Just go the Detroit F one fifties. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> the Detroit Motor Trend Truck of the Year. <laughs> uh yeah i don't know something like that uh next question comes from aries at loaded aries on twitter yes is ball control offense more probable with the revamping of the guard position and another addition at running back is it also the best option i.e the pats in 2018 and the chiefs in 2019 um i think the answer to your first question is yeah absolutely i think that's what the lions have tried to be for a long time is to be that team that can just punish you and and really grind out games by yes, stretching out possessions, tiring out defenses. I think that's a hundred percent the goal. Second question is it's tougher for me. Is it also the best option? I don't think so. <laughs> I yeah, think, I don't think you can say that for a team that has a quarterback like Matthew Stafford, right? Right. And, and it's interesting to me that he, he listed the Chiefs in 2019 as a ball control offense. I don't. I don't know if I would view that. I'd have to look at some of their stats from last year, but I feel like their possessions are probably on the shorter side. Like they're just like deep play, deep play, deep play, big play, big, like they've got to be one of the most explosive offenses. And I feel like that's, that's the way to score in this league is big plays. Um, I mean, you hear a lot of coaches talk about it too. Like sometimes it's just explosive plays. That's the difference between the game. How many do you give up? How many do you create? And if you create more than, than you give up, then you probably win the game. And these long drawn out possessions, they require so much perfection. Like one holding penalty can derail a whole, one of those entire possessions. Like you, you could be moving, you could be moving. And then suddenly you're in second and 20 and you're screwed. Like that grinding out six yards on the ground at a time doesn't work when you're behind the chains. And, and yeah, it just takes one bad call. It doesn't even have to be a good call. One bad call puts you behind the eight ball there. And so I don't, I don't like the idea of doing it, but that's absolutely what the Lions are trying to do, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's what they've been trying to do ever since Patricia came to town. It's been all about ball control on, on both sides, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's, been about, it's been about the run game. And I think when you talk about, when you talk about time of possession and you talk about ball control, that's really predicated on, on the ground game. So, um, but I, I, I would agree, too, that I don't think it's the best measure. Like, like you said, you take a look at a lot of analytics and you take a you take a look at uh, the teams that are the most successful and it's the ones that have the, the big time plays. And <clears throat> those are usually, those usually come by the way of the pass. And if you have Matthew Stafford, why aren't you using more Matthew Stafford? True. All right. Next question comes from Megan Nesbitt. And I'm very excited about this question. She asked, if you were on supermarket sweep, what is the big ticket item you would go for? Also, best wishes to Ryan. Uh, <laughs> supermarket sweep, the crazy 90s game show has now returned to Netflix. It's already on Amazon Prime, but now there's, what, 10 episodes on Netflix? I know you've 
dip your toes into it. So maybe you consider yourself a supermarket sweep expert. I know you, myself and Jerry are all big fans. So what's, what's the big ticket item on your sweep? What, what's the first thing you're, you're rushing your cart to? First and foremost, if there is not an NFL season, you can 100% expect a supermarket sweep episode of the podcast. 100%. Through our, <laughs> through our uh, Twitch page, which is uh, owned by Amazon, they allow you to watch things together. We've watched the, the Lions documentary that's on Amazon together before. Um, you can watch yes. supermarket sweep episodes together. So if you have any interest in doing that, and if you don't, you should. Uh, that's what we're going to be doing in November if there's no football. Oh, 100%. Um, now, I don't know if I'm, if I'm a going to the meats kind of guy. I don't know if I'm going to go straight for those, those big hams or if I'm going to go to the diaper aisle. Because mm-hmm. I think what you can do with the aisle is you can, you can get those, those, um, those big packs of diapers, but then you can also get formula, which is really expensive too. Mm-hmm. Baby stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, I, think that's a big, I think that's a big get. Yep. Um, but I'm also a sucker for getting those inflatables. Like I think that if <laughs> yeah. you get one of those inflatables, it ends up being like $200, $250. Like sure. that's a huge swing. That is. I think we before I, I give my answer, I think we can all agree that grinding coffee is the stupidest thing someone can do on their sweep, right? Oh, my, grinding coffee or trying to get the candy to weigh between. Uh, oh, I forgot about that. No, don't ever do that, idiots. Come on now. Um, it's worth $100. Like, why not just grab one of the inflatables? Because I think at like a baseline, they're worth like $50. And that'll yeah. take you, what, yeah. 10 seconds? Right. Now, for my answer, and I feel like this is cheating a bit because ever since I found out Supermarket Sweep was back on Netflix, I decided to do a little research on the show just because I had forgotten. I wanted to freshen up on my Supermarket Sweep info. And I read a an interview with... Uh, what's the host name? You probably know. No? No? Dave Ruprecht? That's not it. Is that it? Who's Dave Ruprecht? That sounds like a very... I think it's Dave Ruprecht. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever his name is, it is Dave Ruprecht. Um, he did an interview and he said the, the, the product that everyone forgot about that was always worth the most and most importantly to me, you talk about the golden hams, you talk about the diapers, those take up a lot of space in your, in your grocery cart. You got to go get a new I one do. after you fill them up with that. Beauty products. Beauty mm-hmm. products are expensive and tiny. I'm running down that beauty aisle and I'm just sticking my hand behind every product as it slides into my cart. That's what I'm doing. That's a really good answer. That's also, that's an educated answer. (laughs) That is, I did my research for this podcast. (laughs) We also, the one other other thing about supermarket sweep is that host is incredibly creepy. (laughs) Yes. Like he's very, he's way too, touchy feely like his eyes go in places that they shouldn't go um <laughs> just just watch the netflix episodes and you'll be like oh i don't know why you're you're hugging you're hugging her for a little bit too long yeah he's i mean yeah yes no question <laughs> all right let's get back into lions talk blake barry on twitter asks if the lions offense was a mustang how many cylinders would it have? We're back to car talk. It has been far too long. Now we've got two car talk references. How, how many cylinders is this Lions offense? I don't know. I hate cars. I kind of have a... Oh, um, 
I've, no. Do we have to end car talk hurt. because of this? No, we can keep car talk going. It's just that I really don't like cars now. Um, but I would say that if the Lions offense was a Mustang, how many cylinders would it have? Um, probably four. Come on. What are you, Bill Barnwell? This guy at least 10 cylinders. Come on. I can't weapons. believe that. I, I can't believe that Barnwell said that the Patriots have more weapons than the Lions. That was insulting to me. And he, to be clear, he's not saying they have more. He's saying they have better. And I don't like his methodology because he because he said the Packers have a, a better weapons than the Lions. And the reasoning is, is essentially two people, right? It, it's Devonte Adams and it's Aaron Jones. Aaron those, Jones. Are, those are two guys that are top 10 at their positions. Therefore, they have a better arsenal of weapons. That's horseshit, first of all, because Kenny Galladay is knocking on the door of top 10. We don't know about DeAndre Swift, but we also we do know that Kenny, uh, that Marvin Jones is top 20-ish. We know that Danny Amendola was top 60 in terms of receiving yards last year. We know that TJ Hawkinson is probably going to have a bounce back year or a, a step up year. It's like the Lions have this list, these list of guys, but because they don't have two guys in their top 10, suddenly they're, they're a bottom eight team in terms of their weapons that that's insane to me yeah i'd, I'd agree with you but I, Good. I still think they only have four cylinders because no that doesn't make any sense ryan they have 10 cylinders but they Boom. keep everything they keep everything in first gear because of matt patricia <laughs> oh no all right john Wallace howell on twitter asks if the lions have a record between six and eight wins but decide to keep Patricia and Quinn for 2021. Will you a drown your sorrows B eat your feelings C write an article about how year four is finally the year or D <laughs> change the site logo to a dumpster fire with the caption hashtag fire everyone. See before you got to that last thing I was going to say, is there an E all the above? Because <laughs> I mean, I, I can see myself doing all three of those things. Yeah. You got to eat your feelings and then wash them down by drowning your sorrows. Right. And then write an article when I'm starting to feel better. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what we have to do in like April, right? Right after free agency, yep. we're feeling pretty good and the draft is still potentially turn out as we want it to. And so, yeah, that's, that's when we write. You, that's when we dig up the like one example in NFL history of the guy who had a losing record in his first three years of the NFL and then turned out to be coach of the millennium. Won a Super Bowl in his fourth year. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh. uh just plain Bill at Vince Law on Twitter asks, what are realistic expectations for the offensive line? Kind of a vague question, but what, what do you, I let's, I guess let's frame it this way. If you had to put them, like if you were to just give them a baseline performance, what level, like how high, what ranking amongst the NFL would you expect the lines to finish at? Whether it's PFF grade or whatever metric you want to use. Yeah. Whether it's PFF or it's um, DVOA or something like that. Right. I would say that for the, for the offensive line, if this team is going to be successful, you probably want them somewhere in the like 12 to 16 range, right? Yeah. Like you want them, want them to be like middle of the league or maybe a little bit above average. 
But I think truthfully, they're probably somewhere between like, like 14 and 20. That, uh, I hate to say that sounds even a little optimistic to me, but it kind of does. I think, I think part of the issue I'm having is I just don't know what the Lions' plan is yet, right? I mean, we know who the well, left going to be. We don't know what the plan be. looks like, right? We don't know what it looks like. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, by now, we would at least have an idea with OTAs and, and minicamp of what their expectations, like where Jonah Jackson is going to play, where Logan Stenberg is going to play, whether Kenny Wiggins or Joe Dahl are going to be starters. Those guard positions, we have no idea what they're going to look like, so it's hard for me to really give an expectation, but... I mean, I'm not very excited about Halapuli Vati Vaitai at right tackle. I'm I'm definitely excited about Frank Ragnow and, and I'm I'm confident in Taylor Decker, but everything else is a big question mark. So I mean, if they hit twelve on, on the high end of your spectrum, I'd be ecstatic. I'm more really expecting eighteen to twenty two ish. Like bottom bottom third, maybe. Bottom third, maybe. Yeah. And yeah. if they're bottom third, then I think they're in big trouble. They could be. All right. Last question comes from anonymous lions fan on Twitter. He asks hashtag SPOD. Can y'all hit us with the two talk theme song one last time for old time's sake. Let's ride out. I can't, I can't say no to that. Let's hit it. It's so good. That's the Tua Talk theme song. And that's it for the POD cast, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Uh, we will be back next Monday, maybe with a, a Bears guest so we can laugh at them. Maybe we'll start talking about training camp. We'll have to see how our schedules align with, uh, with potential Bears guests. But until then, it's chaos. Be kind. We'll see you next week.